0: You're listening to the Hope Unleashed podcast, where trending topics and hopeful conversations collide. Let's jump right in. What's up, beautiful people? It is Emmanuel Threet, and I'm here at the Hope Unleashed Studios with my lovely wife, Adrienne. What's up?
1: What's good?
0: So, today we actually are launching a new series on the Hope Unleashed podcast called Origin Stories.
1: Yeah, Origin Stories is going to be really dope. It's going to be a time that we basically feature different nonprofits, different businesses, and give those uh, founders and leaders a chance to tell us about how they got started in the work that they're doing. And so it's going to be really cool. Um, Today, we're going to start off with something that's really near and dear to our hearts. Of course. Which would be chicken wings.
0: Oh right, yeah. That's not where we're going to oh. be talking about today. I, I
1: thought we had talked about. We're not about talking about the wings. origin
0: story of chicken wings. Oh, I mean, but it's it's pretty much cut and dry because it's made out of chicken, so it's their wings. Shout out to all the carnivores out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Today we're actually going to be talking about the origin story of Hope Vibes, and so uh, if you are, uh, if you know us or seen anything that we've done, uh, you know a little bit about whole Vibes and hopefully that today you would actually, after hearing this episode, you'll know a little bit more about how we got started.
1: Yeah, but before we go into that, yeah. we kind of want to jump in on some trending topics. Like okay. we came across some stuff and we were like, what in the world? Like what in the world?
0: Yeah, for real, like what in the world?
1: So what's that first one that we saw?
0: So we talked about so we we're here on Twitter. I don't know if you guys are on Twitter. If you are on Twitter, follow Adrian at Adrian Threat, and then follow me at Oh Boy Fresh. That's O H P H R E S H. What? You forgot the boy Oh I part. did forgot the Boy O H B O Y P H R E C S E S H. What? You know what? You know what? Hey, guess are what? You, what? It's okay. That it's is okay. not how you spell it. But it's all, it's I all good. I will spell it for you. All right, go ahead. O-H. O-H.
1: B-O-Y.
0: B-O-Y. P-H. H-P-H- P-H. R-E. R-E. S-H. Thank you.
1: Oh, boy. Fresh. Yeah, so if
0: you're on Twitter, follow <laughs> us, and obviously that'll be in the show notes. But today on the Trending Topics and the Hope Unleashed podcast, we are reading about a tiger who tested positive for coronavirus uh the first believe animal in the u.s like the first case is at the uh bronx zoo what do you think about that babe uh uh she has her hand I got raised my hand up uh, um hold on one second let me see if i Ooh, pick um me. let me see I, I got a question i got uh, a question you over there with the uh beautiful headpiece on oh,
1: thank you thank mm-hmm. you so i got questions because i'm confused yeah I was under the impression, based what? on the things that we see in the news and okay. the media, yeah, that there's a limited supply of coronavirus tests mm. for humans. Okay. So like everyone can't get tested that needs to get tested. Okay. But we're testing animals?
0: I mean, okay. So here here's what I think. All right, so let, let's just let's just see a little bit of research. Can can we see a little bit of research? Yes. So according according to this article, it says Nadia. That's how you say that, right? Ann? Yeah. Nadia, a four year old female um, tiger at the Bronx Zoo, has tested positive for COVID nineteen. She and and her sister, um, and three other t- three other African lions developed a dry cough, and all are respected to recover. Let's see here. I'm trying to see how they actually tested them.
1: It says this positive COVID-19 test for the tiger was confirmed by USDA's National Veterinary Services Laboratory based in Iowa. They did a COVID-19 test on them.
0: Mm. So maybe the test isn't like the same. Maybe it's not the same kind of test as humans. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've seen the test. It's like this long thing that they stick up somebody's nose. Maybe they did a blood test or something like that. They noticed that their appetite was uh, decreasing. And they were alerted. They alerted the veterinarian. So maybe they they saw something that was up with the tigers. And they tested it maybe differently.
1: There is a shortage of tests. A shortage of tests. Or there has been anyway. Unless there's something that changed. Like... Why are we testing animals when there are people that are dying? Not, not now. I'm not saying that I got hate for the animals. I'm just saying, like, that is a good question. Th- these are some good questions. Some other people posted too. They said, "Who, who got close enough to a tiger to transmit it to the tiger? How did the tiger get it?"
0: That's that's facts. That's a good. That's a good question. Yeah. Oh man, this person said who cares this is not news people are dying is a tiger sickness more important than the humans in the Bronx oh that's that's harsh I mean but it's it may, it's a valid point though I mean but you know you got the animal um you know you know people who were really wanting to Bob Clyde sure he says they
1: can test animal in New York but we are short on testing throughout the country WTF
0: well that that's to your point Yeah, I, I wish I could tell you. So, so yeah, that's a, uh, I don't know. I tried to try to come up with some solution and some answer and, and obviously my solution failed. My answer failed because there's, there's probably no reason why I I just don't get it. Anyway, moving on to, uh, you have anything else to add on that topic, that trending topic? No. No.
1: I mean, I'm just, you know, they've been telling people if you feel like you come down with the symptoms or whatnot to like, unless you like just really like deathly ill to just stay home yeah or whatnot because there's a shortage of tests and shortage of like medical professionals like in space, in hospitals and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I just, I'm kind of like, Perplex that we would use portions of the limited resources for testing people.
0: I mean, they could. And the and reality is, I mean, I, they could have their own kind of test. That this is already on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on to the uh, next trending topic here on Twitter, we have the most randomest thing that I've seen in a long time. So, I don't know how to say this dude's name, Jan hack, hack on Ericson <laughs> I, I don't know what is, I don't know how to say his name. Jan Erickson.
1: That's what we're going to say. All right,
0: Jan Erickson, Erickson. This dude, I don't know if y'all seen this, but this dude is the balloon popping dude. So he's called the balloon destroyer on YouTube. And, this dude finds out all the creative ways that you can pop a balloon. So if you are one of those individuals who hate the, the even the notion of balloon popping, this is not your YouTube channel. This no. is not your Twitter feed. You need to uh, not look this dude up because you'll have nightmares.
1: I mean, I was jumping a couple of times watching the videos.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and he
1: uses mostly knives.
0: Yes. And close to his face, like, for that. Yeah, yeah, like in his bot. Like, please don't try any of this at home. If you look this up on on Twitter and YouTube, you will see a person who is not living life safely.
1: I'm just wondering, like, is he just extremely bored? Like, yes, and he's getting like tons of views on this stuff.
0: This is what it sounds like.
1: Like he's literally like attaching knives. To his head, to his arms, throwing saws, attached. I don't even know what that is that he's got connected to his it's head. It's a whole
0: bunch of knives connected to his head. Y'all hear the balloons popping?
1: Like, he's sliding on tables. Oh what? god. He it, almost cut his head off with a saw. All his
0: face. His cut it with a saw. It's just just deaf. With a F. That was a broken umbrella, by the way. So a whole bucket full of knives just fell off a table all right so you guys if you guys want to go witness what we are communicating uh go look up jan erickson that's j-a-n-e-r-i-c-h-s-e-n on twitter um look him up give him a shout tell him that the 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 squad at Hope Unleashed <laughs> sent y'all his way. Uh, well, or so, you can probably
1: look up Balloon Destroyer. Yeah,
0: Balloon Destroyer. Yeah. I, all I know is that if I this was me, I would have definitely cut myself, my face, well, my hand. Well, somebody
1: asked, have you ever accidentally injured yourself while making these? Did he reply?
0: Uh, let's see. He says.
1: Nope. Somebody else replied. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: mm Like, is that his job? I just, I got questions. Probably,
0: probably. There's a lot. If we go on YouTube right now, we can probably see this dude has, this dude has nine, uh, almost 10,000 views on this one video and almost 17,000 subscribers.
1: Why are these people subscribing to this?
0: Because people are weird.
1: How, How can I get all those subscribers? I can need something retarded to do.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Can I say that? Say what? Okay. I need to find something stupid to do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Cause that this 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 doesn't make any sense.
0: He literally straps knives to his head and pops balloons
1: All right, so. Yeah. If he can be great, so can you. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's the Twitter trend- trending topics. Yay. That was me clapping. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> hey, if you got a trending topic that you want us to cover, uh, leave us a message in the comments. You can do that at anchor.fm slash hope unleashed. Yeah. So, origin stories, hope vibes. Adrian, tell us what's good. Where does it start? Where do we start in this whole thing?
1: Well, for me, it all starts with Facebook.
0: It all starts with Facebook.
1: At least my version of how it started. Maybe yeah. will tell you something different. But um, about maybe almost three years ago, back in 2017, um, in the days of being Corona free, um, <laughs> I was in between some meetings one day and I was scrolling on Facebook and I came across a video of a homeless person. Um, a a young homeless woman that was sharing about dealing with her menstrual cycle while living on the streets. Yeah, and um, we'll put that that link in the in the notes in the show notes. But um, in short, she was just basically just sharing how she would have to get really really creative during that time of the month to take care of her just basic essential needs as a woman. Yeah, and so. She was like making tampons out of toilet paper, out of tank tops, out of socks. Yeah. Out of trash like that just even now like that I can't even imagine having to be at a point where I had to like use those items to take care of my womanly needs. Yeah. Um, during that time of the month. And so she was just communicating that what that was like, having to like uh like go to like the park and sneak up in the restroom in there to like wash up and, you know, take care of business. And as she was sharing and there was a few other women was sharing about how they would make hard decisions about whether they were going to buy feminine hygiene products on a particular week or buy food, um, it was just really, really hard to to like watch. And um, despite how hard it was, I watched it about three or four times. Yeah, and I sat there crying through it. And then um, I decided to share it on my Facebook page. Yeah, and so when I shared it, um, all of my friends were like just as shocked as I was, and were really eager to to take some kind of action. And they just, it seems like they assumed that because I posted it, that I was going to take some action and I was gonna lead up an effort. And they like immediately were offering their help, offering to like go out on the streets with us. Um, even though we had never in any way, shape or form hinted or suggested that, any plans of doing that like literally when I shared the post I didn't I didn't have any intentions of like going out on the streets or you know I I wasn't soliciting help or anything like that I was just sharing right and so because people were so eager to be a part of a solution um, we kind of fell into like starting something um we started like collecting items, yeah. and, and we picked a day to go out. Um, and so that was kind of like the beginning of something that we had no clue would turn into a nonprofit that serves the homeless right. in the area of hygiene.
0: Yeah. So from from that starting point, was there any like moments before then that you felt like, you like looking back now, you're like, man, I can see where this came from like for you so I know I have my own for us but for you is there any moments prior to this was three years ago to that where you're like obviously this makes sense
1: yeah I mean when I think back like I've I've always had a heart for the homeless since I moved to Charlotte back in 2001 I think that was like my first like my first interaction or an encounter with homelessness um, in a way that like was recognizable to me. Mm-hmm. So like, I just, I don't recall like really seeing it growing up in Fayetteville. And I think in part that might have just been because like my parents really kind of sheltered me growing up. Um, And I don't know, I, I'm sure I probably saw it, but I just didn't, I didn't know what I was seeing yeah. as a kid. And so when I moved to Charlotte for college, um I remember like being shocked by seeing homeless people uptown mm. because that it wasn't it wasn't like that at home. Yeah. I'm um, just driving around. Um at least not to that extent. And so um from from the point of moving here, um I don't know, I think just every time I would see homeless people um, it will always make me really sad, especially um to see homeless people and see them sleeping outside yeah um it just it always provoked the like this awkward response internally for me, like a combination of being sad um but also being angry because it felt like it shouldn't be that way, like yeah. it shouldn't have to be that way yeah um and then also like frustrated because I would feel like I wanted to do something but didn't have the means to. Um, like I, I, there was no way that I was going to be able to like take people off the streets and mm. give them somewhere to stay. So that was really frustrating. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there was plenty of times where I had interactions with people long before Hope Fives. Like I remember one time I think this was probably like, in our first or second year of marriage, I was driving, up near, I guess that would be, Garinger High School, mm-hmm. and there's a uh, central. Um, was that central?
0: I mean, that's where Garinger is. It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't. I I can't remember. But there's this place where the road kind of splits. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the street. and I remember there's there was like in the in the split, there's this um auto mechanic shop. Um, okay. and i I remember seeing um this lady um, right there beside it on the street on the sidewalk. And when I pulled up at a stoplight, and um she didn't look like she was okay. Um, and I asked her if she was okay, and um she was wanting money for food right um and I felt like so bad, like you know for one, you always heard you know people say don't really give money or whatever and so I was just like, well, I can go get you some food if you stay here right. I'll go get it, and I'll bring it back and um so I went and got it, came back and like she was so appreciative mm. um and thankful that like some random stranger would go out of their way to go and get some food and then bring it back right um and so it was like while I was happy to to do that at the same time I like leaving that moment I was still I was like really sad mm-hmm. because it's like
0: only thing you can do is just provide food and not anything yeah like long term
1: yeah yeah and so i think even still that's like a common sometimes that's a a struggle for me because um i'm thankful for what what i am able to do but there's always this sense of wishing i could do more and i mean we do a lot more now than we have ever had the capacity to do before but
0: at times it still doesn't feel like it's enough well i know it's not enough for an individual actually getting them out of homelessness. Yeah. You know, um, is there is there a moment like have you or anybody in your family ever experienced homelessness?
1: Um, I'm thinking. Most of the, when I when I think about individuals, all the people I think of are more on your side of the family hmm um but just off the top of my head on my side of the family i can't think of i can't think of any
0: mm-hmm. Mm-mm. mm-hmm yeah so for me the beginning of like hope hope vibes it's itself like um was seeing you experiencing and see- and like having this Encounter on our first date when we um, encountered an individual who was sleeping outside. Like that was the first time, really, that I it was aware. I was aware of your heart and the compassion that you have for our homeless neighbors. Um, and so it was kind of eye opening back then. Just like wow, I remember. So we we're walking and we're you know we're doing um, we're doing our date night. You know, holding hands and
1: this is actually our first date,
0: very first date after she broke up with me. We'll talk about that in another episode anyway. <laughs> um, and so we are, you know, doing our first date kind of thing. I'm, I think I'm I'm doing my gentlemanly thing and holding doors open and we're going. I think we just got something to eat. And so we're walking literally uptown and we come across an individual who is laying on the sidewalk. And that individual is asleep or, or is just laying there. And I remember looking over at you and you're crying, like bawling your face out. And like my first thought was like, man, I did something wrong. Like she already broke up with me once. And then she's back. She's giving me another chance. But now, like I messed up again. It's like, oh, man, what I do. I stank. My breath stank. I thought I put some stuff. <laughs> it did. My de- deodorant on. You know what I'm saying? Or did I fart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, the, and I asked what's going on. What's wrong? And. Your your reply was like I, I want to do more I want to help this individual and I I can't there's nothing that I can do uh, and so from there it was just like kind of snowballed into like us just being more aware of our homeless neighbors mm-hmm. and I mean it, hope vibes didn't start back then that was 13 years ago gosh but crazy yeah but it it wow. it did kind of put on our radar individuals and when we come across people we would just try our best to you know provide food have lunch with people just have conversations with people just acknowledge people um that might be living on the streets and so you know at some points you know we we lived uptown for a season and so we Mm -hmm. you know it what we would come across more people as we would just be out and about i worked uptown but, well, we both worked uptown at one point mm-hmm. and so th- we we definitely had a lot of encounters with individuals and you know we we didn't have a lot of money and we still don't have a lot of money uh but we have compassion you mm-hmm. know um and so yeah yeah that was that was kind of like my initial hope vibes thing and then obviously when fast forward into you know three years ago when the 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 video Facebook thing happened. It's like, of course, that's what we're going to do. Because that just makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, we were pastoring at the time. And so from pastoring, it just was like, obviously, we have to be the church and be out get outside of the four walls and actually show the love of God through our actions. So let's do this. And so that's what we did.
1: It's weird, because people um, sometimes ask me, how did I convince you to like get on board with doing something like this? And I was like, I'm always like, there wasn't really a convincing type situation. Like it was more of a, for one with the post, it was like, dude, look at this. Like these people are tripping. Like they talking about when are we going out? But I never said, I never said we were going and doing anything. Yeah. And so like the the response like was so like hu- like huge right. and shocking in and of itself because I'm talking like maybe like around a hundred comments give or take mm-hmm. of people who were like shocked and upset by what they saw, but also wanting to donate items, mm-hmm. wanting to hit the streets with us, and it was just like okay, so we're doing this and he's like,
0: yeah, we're doing this. Um,
1: but it was never like a me having to like try to persuade you to do it. It was just like immediately like, okay. Yeah. Like let's do it. Yeah. Um, even when like, so we had the original like date, like the official date where we were going to start going out with a group of people. Um, but I don't know my, my, Passion and compassion got the best of me and I couldn't wait that long and so I remember like it was probably maybe a week before the scheduled first serve day Um, and it was it was on a Wednesday I was like I just really had this like inclination to like just get some stuff from my pantry and like find like a homeless person on the way to church that night. Cause mm-hmm. there was usually the route that we would take to church. Um, usually on Harrisburg road, there would be this homeless veteran yeah. that will always be in his wheelchair near the Walmart. And mm-hmm. I was like, he's probably there. I'll probably see some other people. I'm just going to get some stuff and I'm going to take it to him and just have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got down there, he wasn't there. And I was like, He's always there. Yeah, like he would literally be there, like every time we would take that route mm-hmm. to church, um, which was multiple times a week. Right. Um, and so on my way to church, I literally found no homeless people, yeah. and I was like, "What?" Like I felt like I, I felt like God told me to do it, mm-hmm. but then I didn't come across anyone, and so. During church, I was like, I'm still thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I got this stuff that I I pulled out of my pantry, made some little bags of stuff, and it's sitting in my car, but I didn't find anybody. And and so I was like, okay, well, I know if we go uptown, then there's gonna be people who need it there. Yeah, And so I was like, Mitty, can you take me uptown after church? (laughs) Because I got this stuff in my car and I feel like I'm supposed to give it out and just have some encouraging conversations with people. And again, he was like, okay, yeah, I'll take you. And uh, then, of course.
0: What? Uh, what? Of course. I'm not going to just let you go up. T- well, up you time could by have yourself. been
1: like, just wait until the Saturday serve day. It's yeah. almost here, but yeah. you didn't. And then Jeremy was at church. Yep. And so he our friend Jeremy, and we told him what we were about to do. And he was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll come too." Yep. And so, like, I clearly remember, like, that night we went uptown and we just walked around with the stuff. It
0: was a nice night, too. It felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It it felt like the night felt good. It was just like, man, this is peaceful. Yeah. So here's a question. Do you think that your passion back then is the same as it is now? What do you mean? So, like, you know, like, sometimes when people do things or start things and you think that like their over time that their passion or their commitment to it ha- will like decrease or change, maybe not decrease, but change. Do you think that that has changed in any way since the, the, the beginning of whole vibes? Mm,
1: if anything, I would say that I feel like it's more intense now mm-hmm. because we've been out so much with people and had so many conversations with people that like, you you build these relationships with individuals and you see even more like how how the needs are so great. Yeah. And so it makes you wanna for me it makes me wanna like still do more yeah. and figure out ways that I can like create change even on a deeper level. So it's like, yeah, we focus we focused on hygiene for the past three years um, but in my mind now, like I also think about, okay, well, there's things that happen systematically right, that lead people to being in this situation in a way that is really hard to get out of. So what systems need to change and how can I be a part of changing those systems? Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, still not neglecting those basic needs. Like, I think that that part will always be like the foundation of um, our organization and the work we do, but simultaneously addressing some of those systematic like mm-hmm. inequalities as well. Right. Right. So that's
0: yeah. 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 Uh, Just going back a little bit. So for me um, and I, cause I had asked you about like, growing up and if you knew anybody mm-hmm. um for me we never was homeless we never i never like ne- necessarily experienced homelessness mm-hmm. there was a point in time where like our house was being built and we had to stay with my uncle and aunt mm-hmm. and uh so that was like we stayed like for a year or so and so we didn't have a house it was being built though it was, it was uh, a
1: long time though
0: yeah i mean it was it was definitely interesting um but we you know we had a, something being built it wasn't like there's an expectation like oh you know it's mm-hmm. not like we're actually homeless mm-hmm. uh, we had you know resources and just had to stay with them for a little bit um but i mean again it's like it wasn't it's not your house i didn't mm-hmm. have my own necessarily room you mm-hmm. know and so it just it was weird at during that cuz i think i had to, like i slept like on the air mattress
1: i was gonna say how that worked because i remember their old house yeah and it wasn't like a big house no nope,
0: nope. we shared shared room with my cousin and so we slept I slept on the air mattress on the floor and uh yeah just it was i mean it was what we had to do um yeah. Like, so,
1: was there another bedroom that your parents stayed in?
0: Yeah. So they stayed in there. Uh, there was another room. So I think there was like three rooms, and so, yeah. Hmm. And so, but we were young at the time, so it wasn't like, like super crazy. We were like, like super young, but we were young enough where it's like it's oh it's it's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, and then also, you know, I've had, I got family members Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who've never really had stable housing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so, um, that kind of, you know, that, that life is hard. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where I I definitely have empathy for individuals who are out and like, not, don't have stable housing. Mm -hmm because it's not it's definitely not easy um it's just there's something to having your own space mm-hmm. and kind of pull away and having even if it's just a small space having your own space is is important um and you know and even before like we move into uh, you, know, you know my aunt and uncle's house we had my dad would he was a police officer and so every once in a while he'll bring up some random person home and uh, they'll stay with us for a little bit. That wasn't
1: like every once in a while. That was like pretty much all the time. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was, (laughs) it was very frequent. So he was a pastor and a police officer. And so, you know, he had almost like this duty in his mind to, that he, you know, help an individual naturally and spiritually. And so, and he would really take that to heart. And, um, I mean, I remember on multiple occasions you know me and my sister having to share rooms I mean at one point we ended up getting they ended up getting bump bags, beds and so we just shared a room and we were just yeah
1: how old were y'all then
0: um I would say I was maybe early early teens hmm. maybe before then probably but maybe a little bit before then wow and so, yeah. Um. Yeah, probably a little bit before then. Um. And so it's just one of those things where. Yeah, not probably not early teens, probably earlier than that.
1: I was going to say it, early teens. Were, y'all uh, did it a lot. Yeah. So. And,
0: um, it just it just was life. Like, that's just how we did. Like, they just did life. And so. Um. And the reality is, like. Like if, I mean, I probably would do it to some degree if you had let me, let me do it.
1: Yeah. So when we, when we first got together, so my, my family dynamic was totally different. Like my parents, they like, they had a very giving heart and would help people when they could, even though we didn't have a lot, like I grew up in the hood, we didn't have a whole lot of money or whatever um but my parents would help people like that they knew from church or yeah. in the neighborhood or whatever um but they were especially my dad he was really big on like home is like you know this like
0: safe space yeah yeah and
1: so we never we never had people like moving in or staying with us and so when Manny and I got together like one of the first things I told him before we got married I was like listen I know what your family dynamic was was like with bringing people in to stay with y'all and stuff like that. I that ain't me. I can't be doing that. Like mm-hmm. I need I need that like that getaway. Like home is like that getaway, that sacred space um where it, kind of like, you know, some people talk about like not bringing work home with you. Yeah. Um in a way that was kind of like that for me like because because I was so like always into giving out to people all the time through like my my work I was a teacher at the time, mm-hmm. and um just in general, like home I wanted it to be kind of separate, and so I told them like I told you like we're not i can't I'm not your parents, I can't do it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where like, you know, it's just, you just it's like, yeah, I mean, you got to I honor that. And it's like, I mean, every once in a while, like I'll ask, it might be uh, some situation and, you know, it
1: back me into a corner.
0: Yeah. But I mean, for the most part, it, it's been it's been cool. I mean, we haven't really ran into any major, major issues with like random people coming to the house and staying like for long term at the house or anything like
1: that. Yeah. Like we've only had, like we've had some friends that ran into some personal situations that we, we've had them stay for a little bit. Um, But in terms of like some of our homeless neighbors, like we just now, if, if it was left up to to you, we would, but and he got, he got by with it once. We had one guy. Yeah, but he he um, came in,
0: took a shower, and like stayed like a night or whatever. And it's like, yo, bro, you can't stay, but you can, you know what I'm saying? Get away from whatever he was going through. But uh, for but me, but he did spend the night. Yeah, though. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I let him stay the night. But for me, I think it 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 kind of forces me to be okay with what I can do, and not try to like take on the world, like take on everybody else's problems and be their solution um and ultimately i'm going to have housing i'm going to have individual housing for people through whole vibes
1: he was different too though like it's funny because ej will still ask about him sometimes mm-hmm. he actually messaged me this this week really yeah like even though he you know he's of age he was an mm-hmm. adult um in his 20s yeah um but his mind was like that of like a teenager yeah um, because of some like just, I guess you would say mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, and so it was like almost like your little brother, yeah. you know what I mean, and so um, and it was weird because even his his interaction with EJ was like
0: yeah, more like
1: like a big brother kind of yeah scenario with EJ, um, and so I remember when we had to like drop him back off to wherever he was gonna be trying to stay like with a friend or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but he wouldn't let us take him into the neighborhood because yeah. he was like, it's not safe. Right. And I don't want y'all to get hurt. And I'm thinking, dude, where are you going? Yeah. Like, like yeah. he had us drop him off at the convenience store, store that was like right down the, the yeah. yeah. And I remember like, I remember sitting in the car when we drove off like, this is not good. Like
0: You know, that's, that's actually one of the things that growing up, I remember having those feelings, the same feelings, like almost like, because like you get attached to people, right? So it's like a person comes to your house and stays with you. You might not know them from the first day, but then it's like, ultimately you end up knowing this person Mm -hmm. and they become somewhat a part of your family. you eat dinner with them? you, You know, you're acting silly, whatever, whatever you're playing and they're there and they're, whatever and then they're gone mm-hmm. and it's like this kind of weird like you just get used to like just people coming in and out and you you are kind of okay with it like you're okay with like being in your normal selves and connecting with somebody and then ultimately disconnecting with them and just like okay that's you're you're gone and and there. I mean it seems like that would be unhealthy but ultimately it's I think it's more like
1: it's probably a defense mechanism a, a dif- in you know some what I'm way.
0: Yeah, but and it's on for the, for them. It's like almost like, like internally, we just subconsciously knew that they're here for a season and we're going to make this this time as pleasant, as family-like as possible. And when they're gone, they're gone. And it's like, you know, back then we couldn't like as kids call nobody. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. we're not, we can't reach on cell phone or reach out on social media. So it's like, what's, I mean, you're gone and if i see you again or you know maybe mom and dad talk to talk to them and they'll keep us up updated where, where you are but it's like it's okay and and so that's kind of like even with that like you know ej he's like you know he'll pray for whoever or mm-hmm. talk ask about it and it's like he, he doesn't have any control over whether he'll see we don't have any control over
1: yeah what. i mean for me it was hard because it was like okay we're dropping him off in this clearly unsafe area. And immediately my mind was going into problem solve mode. Like, okay, yeah, how can we help him out of this situation?
0: Yeah. And there's um, not, I mean, there's really nothing we could have done and yeah. can do right this second. Besides, you know, you know what we did. And as far as like, we, we let him come to the house, showered, spent a few nights and uh i think he ultimately ended up staying with uh jeremy for a little bit and he just, did you know but it
1: was hard because I, I remember i remember us driving off and as usual i'm in tears while i'm trying to figure out yeah what what in the world am i gonna do yeah. like i just need i need some more money yeah well again
0: <laughs> and again i think that goes to just the idea like we we are naturally just solution cultivators, and so even though right now we don't have the housing that we want to have, we will there, I, and I promise you, we will have housing. It from whether it's tiny homes or a small motel or hotel, we're gonna have, or you know, or a house that is dedicated just for that. We will have housing to help individuals.
1: It's like I need it now. I know, I like know. when we were driving. Last week and we saw um, this couple that we hadn't seen in a while. They're um, another two of our homeless neighbors that we've known now for a couple of years, yeah. but we hadn't seen them in a long time. Yeah. And when I, when I, when we were driving by, I was like, oh my gosh, that's such and such.
0: And so like they're still out.
1: And it was like, we, in at that one point moment, they,
0: we were even look helping them find housing. Yeah.
1: I was, I had like, I was sending her, Spots that would like accept certain like qualifications or whatever that was like lower than like your typical qualifications and it met like the amount that they could. She said that they could afford with the voucher that they had. Yeah. Um, but I don't know when I when I saw them, it was just like, man. Number one, they're still out here. Number two, like at least the 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 woman like she's she's probably old enough to be my mom, and she's out here on the streets, yeah, and number three, I still can't do anything about it, yeah, like that sucks,
0: yeah, 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 like I don't like it. But we do what we can with what we have until we can do more.
1: Don't don't be using my quote on that. That's me. that's what your quote <laughs> is. So
0: you, I mean, you live by that. So
1: I just still, I just, I don't know. Like you see so much stuff. Like I think, for one, seeing like elderly people. Yeah, that's out hard. On the streets that's, is yeah. really hard because it's like, dude. I don't know. I just got this thing. Like I just feel like grandmas shouldn't be on the streets, and so. Yeah like to see people who are like literally old enough to be my grandmother. Yeah. Or my grandfather. Yeah. You know like
0: Yeah.
1: It's like how does this happen and how are we as a society okay with this? Yeah. Like this is not okay. Yeah. This is not normal and it's not okay. Why why do we go on like as a as a society as The government, even like, like, as if this is like acceptable. Yeah. What in the world? Yeah. Like, can you imagine, right now, your grandmother living on the streets? And I guarantee you, if you ask the common, just average person, that would you be okay with your grandmother living on the streets? Would be like, no.
0: Right. Unless they hate. Unless they hated their grandmother.
1: But that's very rare. Most grandmas are nice and sweet, but some of them might be, may have been abusive. Yeah. You know whatever, but.
0: Yeah. So, did you still want to answer those questions that a couple
1: people had online? Yeah, but I need. Can y'all send me some money so I can get people all <laughs> the shoes? I feel, I feel like a little bit depressed right, right no, this moment. No. Because I need some money to do something. Like, I just. I really feel some kind of way about it. I think that elderly elderly people and then teenagers. Yeah. Like seeing teenagers out there um, just. Uh. Yeah. So someone asked, what did you do before starting Hope Vibes?
0: So for me, I did a lot of things. How far do we want to go back? So my first job in life <laughs> was I worked at um, I worked at Party City. It's the Party City on Independence that's not there anymore. It's, it's a Harbor Freight store oh. that used to be a Party City. And uh, then from there, I went to Marshalls. I worked at Marshalls, the one in Matthews, um, near um, Hobby Lobby and Ollie's. I worked at that one for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember what was next after that, but ultimately I ended up working as a special needs teacher. And then I worked as a um used car salesman as a shark. <laughs> and so That is not an exaggeration that's not, by the way. it's not. He
1: literally had to dress up as a facts, shark. Facts. And his head was sticking through the, the mouth, mouth of the shark selling and he Hondas. was on TV.
0: Selling Honda. I
1: saw it. This was before that we were dating. so embarrassing. I saw it.
0: I wish I could find it just because it is it is hilarious. And I tell the story, when I tell it, I just, I wish I could find it.
1: Like, I just hope it just surfaces, like, on YouTube or something I'm going to keep
0: looking. I've been looking for it, but I can't find it. <laughs> it was Mr. Volume, Mr. Vo- volume, and, like, it's the volume of cars he would sell. And so his name, it, the, the, the Hyundai store was not there because I prayed after I left that they would get <laughs> shut down because they're embarrassing people, and they ended up did getting I shut I
1: remember down. being in my apartment off of Mallet Creek, Mallet Creek Road, Mallet Creek, mm. up, up in that area. And I was in my room watching TV and the commercial came on. And I was like, oh, my God, that is Manny. Like, I was so shocked. Did you holler? I laughed. And I think I called you afterwards. <laughs>
0: and I, and that's like, and from that, I was like, never again. How did you go back? And I, and I was like, I quit. And see, I, I, I think quit. back
1: then at that time, yeah, we didn't have camera phones yet nope. back in them days. Back we in had, them days. I had the the pink Razor flip phone.
0: Yeah, you could take a picture. Yo, that junk was super Damn embarrassing. Man, I wish I could see that. So then after that, I ended up going to, I went to school for, went to college for a little bit and then came back and then went to the police department and then spent seven years in the police department, it's three and a half of those years as a patrolman and then three of those years, three and a half of those years as a detective doing child abuse and child sexual assault cases and then pastored and then left there, pastored for a few years and at the same time doing Hope Vibes. And then now do Hope Vibes and then do cable management, cable installs with Jeremy with uh, Anointed Technical Solutions, his company. And uh, do graphic design stuff and all kinds of fun jazz like that.
1: <laughs> Let's see here. For me, my first job was actually at Myrtle Beach. Oh, I, I did worked... have
0: I did have I had had some jobs at Myrtle Beach too.
1: Yeah, I worked at Wendy's. I worked
0: at a golf co- uh, the golf course.
1: Yeah, you were fancy, but you were out in the sun.
0: Yeah, I had a, we had a lot of fun though. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I think y'all had way too much fun yeah. because I always came home from work super tired, super tired, and y'all was like ready to go. Because
0: we would just we would we'd be digging in hole like digging holes and stuff, but we'd be out just acting silly like next level.
1: So I worked at Wendy's and then I worked on campus UNC, at U N C Charlotte yeah. at the Career Center. Um, but after I graduated from college. I was a middle school teacher for four years. Totally insane. I hated it. <laughs> um, and then after that, I worked for the police department as a telecommunicator. Dispatcher. Yep. Answering crazy 911 calls. Yep. Also hated that. And then I worked at UNC Charlotte as a um, Executive admin. Yeah, well I started off though as a graduate student support specialist Mm -hmm. for the college of engineering, civil engineering. Mm -hmm. And then I went to um, working for another department as an executive admin. And then from there went to pastoring, well did that kinda at the same time and then, well technically, I wasn't on the payroll for, for pastoring, so that worked you, pastored. For you pastored. I pastored, but I'm saying like I You didn't get no money for it. Yeah. Yeah. I was free thicker. labor. Two for one. <laughs> and, and from there
0: whole vibes. Whole vibes. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the little backstory for that.
1: Uh let's see here. What advice would you give someone who shares the same passion in helping others?
0: Uh my advice would be do what you can now
1: uh, do
0: what you can now um, or connect yourself with the organization that is doing now so you can learn be a part you don't have to like necessarily start your own nonprofit if you don't want to if you do great if, if you don't want to then don't do it just get get in and, and start building relationships with people um, just start helping people really um, but I, at the same time be wise with, with your help you know don't put yourself in situations that aren't necessarily safe um, but you know find find places to connect yourself with.
1: Yeah, I always tell people now like just because we started a nonprofit doesn't mean that that's necessarily what everyone needs to do. Um we didn't we didn't intentionally start a nonprofit. Like that wasn't We almost
0: had to because people started giving us money and yeah. stuff and we like, "Yo, this is
1: Like it was never a plan like, "Oh, we're going to have our own nonprofit one day and we're right. going to be serving the homeless." Like we totally like fell into it and the reason why we like, eventually after like two or three months in, decided that we were gonna get official was because people started wanting to give us money. Yeah. Um, but for like a person that's just like, they have a heart to like do something, whatever it is, like I would say find, you know, do do your research and find someone, find a group that's already doing what you're passionate about and get connected. Yeah. So like if you've got a passion for, I don't know, anti-human sex trafficking, mm-hmm. do some research, find mm-hmm. what's available in your area to to get connected and to serve. Yeah. Um, and you may find at, after, you know, some time of serving that there's a specific um, niche that you want to focus on. Um, You may be able to do that from within that organization, or you may have to branch off and do something separate. Um, But I think the starting point should always be um, just find somewhere to connect and serve because the reality is most nonprofits, especially grassroots nonprofits need help. Yeah. Um, And so rather than going off and starting your own thing, especially if you, you know, you know that there are opportunities to connect and to to help. Then do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's if it's a possibility and there's a um a healthy connection um, where you like you can you 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 relate and like connect with the mission and the vision of a particular nonprofit, um, and there's you know a good healthy vibe between you and the leaders of that nonprofit, then. Find a way to connect and serve.
0: Yeah, Um that's good.
1: There are so many nonprofits like in our city in Charlotte. Yeah. Um. So there's, you know, even if you don't have like a specific like issue or cause that you know that you want to like. There's opportunities. In, there's plenty serve. of opportunities. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would say.
0: Let's do one more. Then we got to wrap it up.
1: Okay, let's see. Uh we got quite a few questions we can, and we can and we can
0: answer some of the more que- more questions on other the next episode.
1: Yeah. Um so somebody asked do you know how many care packs Hope Vibes has given out since the first serve day?
0: So our average of surf packs that we give per month is around 150. Um and so with 150 pair, care packs. Um. That's almost, almost, fifty five, fifty five hundred care packs.
1: I feel like we've given so much more than that, though. I guess it just depends. I know when we first started out, we were averaging about like a hundred. Yeah. Um. But now we give around probably about two hundred. Right. So like it's gradually increasing, increase, and so, yeah. And
0: so that number is, I mean, that's probably more on the conservative end, yeah. Um, and that's, that's just you know the that's literally just counting our serve days, not counting the other yeah. opportunities that we do, like um like laundry days that doesn't count, that that doesn't count boxes, hope boxes that we give out. Or What's a hope like. box? So hope boxes are like. Kind of like a hygiene packs that we give, but they're for individuals who actually have homes or staying in some type of shelter and they just need hygiene items for where they are. So they might be on more on the uh, lower income side of it versus homeless neighbor. And so they're in an extreme poverty scenario kind of situation. And we provide um, for individuals some hygiene items for them. It might be a family, might be an elderly individual, might be a somebody who's just, you know, getting out of a homeless situation and they need to kind of uh, get some hygiene items to kind of jumpstart their stay.
1: How do how do we identify who gets those?
0: The reality is, I mean, if they just contact us through the website, they just will have conversations with them and then we'll um, just kind of do a screening process over the phone and go from there.
1: And typically, we get referrals. Yeah, like a lot from, of them. Yeah. Some of those are often coming from like hospitals here in the area. Yeah. They will refer um, an individual to us um, that that is in need. We've also gotten some like referrals from other nonprofits. Yep. yep. Um, and then also, um, we've gotten some referrals from schools and churches yeah. as well. Yeah. So typically, um, those type scenarios come through referral based yeah um request yeah um so yeah i mean we don't we we haven't done as great of a job as we would like in like tracking like exact numbers of like how much stuff that we've given out like i know i know our first year in just feminine hygiene products it we was gave a, over 10,000 yeah it was a lot items um so i know that now that number has drastically increased yeah. but um we're hoping to put some, some some more systems in place to be able to right. like keep track of those numbers a little bit better um I think for us, like the reality is we don't really be focused on the numbers we just be trying to like get the stuff out to the people who need it yeah um like that's just taking priority, like meeting the need over um tracking the numbers um but they're it's both important. We just, yeah. We just, we we're like, do we got we got to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's where we need. We really do need someone, uh, an addition to our team to help kind of. Um,
0: who has a niche and has a specialty, a gift to help us to uh, create a system to track the information that we need tracked that we like to get tracked. Yeah. But yeah, so. Hope you guys enjoyed this time with us. If you want to learn more about what we're doing at Hope Vibes, you can go to hopevibes.org. Everything will be in the show notes. Um, we really do appreciate your time we appreciate you hanging out with us here at the hope unleashed studios um, if you have any comments questions rants just mad at us for some reason <laughs> let us know uh, you can head over to anchor.fm slash hope unleashed there you can leave us a voice message and we would love for you to be a part of the next episode you got anything else
1: i feel like this was such a serious episode it
0: was but it's one of those episodes that i think people like we need to hear i almost cried okay i'm sorry i'm glad you didn't cry i mean if you cried it's been fine but you know i love you
1: <laughs> I anyway love you
0: we appreciate you guys and we love you too <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to give hope daily let's get it